Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, this weekend, many of us will be heading to the seas or rivers or lakes, perhaps for the first time this year. Some people are sometimes a bit nervous about outdoor swimming, mainly because of the various creatures that might be lurking beneath. So what's likely to be down there? Dr. Kevin Flannery is a marine biologist with Dingle World Aquarium. Kevin, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Sean. Uh, Now, I suppose the big thing, you always get these kind of stories about uh, the Portuguese man of war and there's, you know... Massive yeah, armadas about them out there ready to kill us. Like, d- yeah. Does that actually happen? No, Sean. We are not, when you get an odd heavy southerly breeze, we get a few of them washed ashore. And nowadays people have cameras on their phones and everything else. And they put them up on the various social media and frighten the living bejesus out of everybody <laughs> and not to go into the water. So 90% of the time, we very seldom, we have rarely seen them. But obviously people with the cameras and they have become more common because we think a lot more of them are come ashore but in actual fact they've always been coming ashore but in smaller numbers and it's usually in the winter time or the autumn when we get southerly very strong southerly winds and we get a lot of them washed up to us from the azores or from spain or portugal as as the name says right but okay they are a species to be avoided sean if you see them and they're very easy identifiable. I mean, they're like a, a deflated balloon in the water. They're beautiful colours, iridescent colours, and they float on top of the water and they carry with the wind and you just divide them. And if they're on the beach where you're swimming, get the hell out of the water because they can sting and they sting very bad. Yeah, even if they're up on the beach, they haven't died yet. There's- no, they, you see, basically jellyfish and, and that sort, they have to eat the same as ourselves. So the way they catch their prey and the way they catch their food is they have these... Uh, trailing tentacles going back for them. Some of them have them up to 20 feet, some of them 30 feet, some of them only a couple of inches. And anything that attaches them, they attack it. Basically, they shove out a bow and arrow and they drag the food back in and they devour it that way. And they Mm -hmm. carry on over the seas and the Atlantic and so on. And these trailing tentacles have this little bow and arrow, has this little piece of venom that will anesthetize their prey and kill it and they're able to eat it. No. If you get stuck with them and they wrap around you and you have very sensitive skin, you will get more than a nettle burden from the Portuguese men of war. It can be serious. And the same with the lion's mane. We only have basically one or two out of the eight or nine major species that come here that cause problems. But it's few and far between. Right, okay, and it's worth. And, and it, is it because I see there was a story there during the week one was found in a Donegal beach, but it was just one? Did they tend to be solitary travellers anyway? No, usually they're they're offshore, but you'll get the odd one that gets wandered off or or gets blown away. Well, I've seen these live and they can actually turn their sail. They can actually turn the inflated balloon and go away with the wind offshore again. They don't want to be in these waters, but they just get carried. But they're quite capable of turning their sail and wandering off. I've had them in the tanks. I've seen them operating and they're a living animal. But uh, we get the odd few, but mostly... We don't get them. Yeah, right. Now, and actually, on, on, on that note, because it might look a bit like a jellyfish, but it's not a jellyfish. Is that correct? That's correct. They're a living colony and they do the whole series of reproduction and everything. They don't need mates and they carry on. They're, they're a, a different species, as we call jellyfish. We have another species like them, the by-the-wind sailors, and they have a sail and they get carried and we get millions of these washed ashore, tiny little things, and they're absolutely harmless. They're a beautiful blue jellyfish. And when they come ashore, they come ashore in their millions and then they dry out and they're like dried bits of skin. 
And again, they're they're absolutely harmless. Right. Okay. Uh, now, so when if if somebody then goes paddling or goes for a swim in the sea this weekend, yep. are there yep. are there any creatures underneath uh, uh, beneath them? There are plenty of creatures beneath. I mean, basically, you have the sand hoppers, the guys that hop along with your sandwich and go up the leg of your trousers if you have a trousers on. But these are guys that are cleaning up. These are the, what I call the council workers. They go along and they eat the dead seaweed, the dead things that are there, and they devour all that. These are sand hoppers or skinners, as they're called. And then you have another species that live off of them. You get the, the bass and you get the mullet and those, and they come in and eat those. But there is one little fellow called a weaver fish. Mm. And now, he has a nasty, nasty sting. But he's he's only about six centimetres. He's quite small, Sean. But he lives in the sand and he's facing upwards. His eyes are upwards and his mouth is upwards. And he's waiting for one of these sand hoppers to go past to eat him. But they don't like being disturbed. So basically, he won't be at the beach where there's a crowd of people. He's way out. He's a predator. He's waiting way out in the distance. So if you wander off where there's nobody else, wear a pair of sandals if you're in the water or some particular because you might stand on one of them. But usually they don't like being disturbed because if they're being disturbed, the sandhoppers are being disturbed and they won't get their food. But if you do get a sting from him, it is severe. You've got to use as hot water as you can bear to neutralize the venom that he uses because he has got one of the worst things that you'll ever encounter. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, now, as you said, you're wandering off is, yes. is if you're going to encounter one, but would they be quite common off our shores then? They are common off our shore, but as I say, you won't get them where there's a whole group of people. You won't get them where there's people swimming or splashing around. You'll only get them off in the distance, if you tend to wander off way down to the Inch Beach at the very, very end or some place crazy like that, there's a possibility they might be waiting there because, as I say, they're ambush predator waiting for the sand hopper to go past and have their lunch. There is that old saw as well, Kevin, that uh, if you get a, a jellyfish sting or, or even what you just described there, you pee on it. Is, is, is that no. an old wife's tale? That's an old wife's tale. Look, get off the sting to pull the sting off you, wipe it off as hard as you can. And you know what I found? My daughter has found it very clever because nowadays, since COVID, you don't have the sauces on the table or anything like that in the restaurants. A sachet of vinegar. Right. Just, you know, the mammies always have something yes. in the bag. They always have a plastic. <laughs> now they should put an old sachet off of the table where they get the fish and chips and put it in the bag and carry it. And if the child gets any bit of a sting, pour it on it and it'll neutralize it. Neutralize the sting anyway. Vinegar is brilliant, actually. Vinegar is brilliant for cleaning as well. As <laughs> you do both at the one time. It's a, it's a great. Now we do like we do have now sharks, but they're they're small, yeah. small little things. They're of no great danger to us either. No, there, there's no danger of sharks. We won't have any great sharks for a long while. I can tell you the way the Spanish tuna fleet are killing sharks off all the way up from the Azores up to Spain and everywhere else. I can't see us having many sharks, even coming in here in the near future, even with uh, global warming and temperature. The nearest shark we have, I think, is over in Massachusetts or somewhere like that of the Great Whites. But we do have the basket sharks. The basket sharks have been back around the baskets in the last week. We have nine or ten of them there. So these are absolutely harmless guys going around with their mouth open all the time and just eating up this uh, plankton, the grass of the sea. Mm. And that's what they live on. But they're absolutely harmless. And I don't think there'll be anybody swimming off near them. Nobody should touch them. Just yeah. leave the poor devils carry on, regardless. Uh, now, a thing I never heard of before is marine foraging. What is that? Yeah. That's people nowadays, you know, the foraging on land, people going looking for 
uh, weird and wonderful mushrooms and weeds and everything else that they eat. But people are along the shoreline and it has become a new trend to go along and you can eat all the different types of seaweeds and everything else. And I would give a be forewarned because we don't know the amount of effluent and the amount of discharges into the sea. And basically a mussel and an oyster and everything else is just opening their mouth, opening and closing, opening and filtering water. And everything that's in the water, they will take in. Now, like on land, you get weeds, noxious weeds. And on, in the sea, we get noxious plankton because plankton is the grass of the sea. And sometimes it can come in and the poor oyster and the poor mussel will suck it in and it gets in the stomach and then people come along and eat it and they will get a thing called diuretic uh, poisoning, diuretic shellfish poison, which basically gives you diarrhea, a very bad dose of it. So therefore, you are not to take shellfish unless you know, unless you have looked at the Marine Institute website or the Sea Fishery Protection and you are well aware that the place is clear for the taking of shellfish because shellfish have to be depurated, what we call put through UV lights and cleared and everything before you can sell them to restaurants and the whole lot. But if you go along the shore and you decide to take, oh, look, there's a heap of mussels there or there's some oysters there or even seaweeds, you've got to be sure because there's an awful lot of effluent discharge, sewerage, and as well as that, the natural thing, the planktons, the various type of planktons, that could cause you a serious loss of weight and a serious loss of your holidays in the shoreline yeah. if you go eat this. It's not as organic as it sounds once you describe no, it that way, really. No, let's say you might be organic after it because... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but if you took some of those things from the foraging and, and you cooked them, would they probably be all right then? No, you see, this is the thing. You can't... Uh, cooking shellfish, if that was the case, yeah. we'd never have to close shellfish production areas. Yeah. It, it doesn't clear out of the gut. When you eat a mussel, you're eating the gut and all. When you eat an oyster, you're eating the oyster. So therefore, it stays in the gut. So therefore, that doesn't clear. Every single week, the Marine Institute and the Sea Feature Protection are, are taking samples of all the shellfish and all the waters around our coast. And they know exactly. And they put it up on the web, which ones are clear, which ones are not. Because it doesn't necessarily mean that, oh, I have a bucket of clean water at all from the well and it'll clear it. Or I see in the sea and it's very clean in our place. No, sorry, it doesn't work like that. You've got to have it depurated, you've got to have it cleared, and you've got to know that the place is clear if you're collecting stuff. Yeah, uh, are you anticipating a a busy weekend, Kevin? Yep, we're expecting a busy weekend, obviously, with uh, anticipating the heat wave if we clear the mist and the rain from the Kerry Mountains, but we await it, and uh, let's hope everybody stays safe and people will avoid alcohol going into the sea is more important. Well, indeed. if people are worried about the jellyfish, there's a brilliant website. It's just called uh, jellyfish.ie, and it's an identification card that's done by my good friend Tom Dial from UCC and the department, jellyfish.ie, and they can identify all the different jellyfish there if they want. And if they're not happy with that, take a photograph and send it on to us at the aquarium, and we'll identify it for them, tell them if they're safe or if they're not safe. Good stuff, Kevin. Thanks a million for talking to us today. That was Dr. Kevin Flannery there, marine biologist from Dingle Ocean World uh, Aquarium. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm. On News Talk.